the finale of the 2022 NFL Draft Grades. We are on the AFC West today. What do the draft classes look like for the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Broncos in 2022? All that coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson here with you at BB Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, we've got the AFC West, and this is probably the division that improved the most, Matt, in the offseason, right? And that started well yeah. before the draft, and uh, no better uh, no better team to really show that than let's start alphabetically here with the Denver Broncos not having a first-round pick because they got themselves a shiny new little quarterback. And so how much do we weigh uh, Russell Wilson in this for the, the draft class for the Denver Broncos? Yeah, it's huge, obviously. Um, so real quick, despite adding a future Hall of Fame quarterback who's still pretty much in his prime, they were able to make nine picks this year, including two-fourths and three-fifths. So they weren't all just junk picks. And, you know, in 2021, they made 10 picks. In 2020, they made 10 picks. And they made 10 picks in 2018. So people have been listening to me lately probably know that that blows my skirt up. You know, uh, make a lot of picks, especially in the mid-rounds, and see what happens. <laughs> Matt gets excited about numerous draft picks. <laughs> wow, nine picks. Andy got a yeah, ooh, nine ooh. picks. I like that. I like the sound <laughs> of that. No first-rounder. So they got things started off late in round uh, two with Nick Benito, the edge rusher. A lot of speed coming off the edge out of... Oklahoma, very much a one-trick pony, but rotational, you know, third-down guy bringing in speed off the edge, and he has that speed. We'll see what else he can develop into in the NFL, which is why he was at that uh, at that spot, you know, late pick thirty-two in round two. Greg Dolchich, the UCLA tight end in round three. I think some people thought he was the best tight end in the draft, and you know, definitely has some tools to work with there. And then they went deep into sleeper mode on with all those day three picks, starting with Damari Mathis, who was a, a player I started to like a lot more as the process went on. Probably a corner, but could potentially even play some safety as well out of the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, he goes about 5'11", 196, all kinds of athleticism. Uh, it's funny, my co-host on Locked On 49ers, Eric Crocker, who also does the Locked On NFL Draft, uh, Damari Mathis's mom yelled at him on Twitter, not in an angry oh, really? way, but but basically it was like, look, you're talking about the draft and you are a cornerback expert. Why aren't you talking about my son, Damari Mathis, enough? And, and so Croc was like, okay. And he went back and looked. He's like, you know what? Moms, you're uh, You're right. He's good. This guy can play. And uh, he was sort Don't of. Don't mess with those pit moms, man. Dude, it's tough yeah, around here. Exactly. Right. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of, of Mathis as well. And, and he was looked at as sort of a late round guy. And then I was like, oh, you know, maybe he's going to be a fifth round guy. And it's like, no, he's actually going to be a fourth round guy. So he almost even snuck into day two. I thought he might end up in day two. He's very explosive. I did see a lot of him at pit. That's actually my favorite pick by. Actually, there's two picks of theirs that I like quite a bit. And this one is certainly one of them. I, I think there's a chance he's the answer opposite certain for them. It gives him a really nice pair of corners, if so, you know, young ones. Ayoma Uwazarike, oh, Iowa State uh, defensive end there. So a couple of edge players already in this draft for uh, the, the Broncos after four rounds. 
Delarin Turner Yell, Oklahoma safety, a couple of Oklahoma players now from that defense in round five. Montrell Washington, Sanford wide receiver in round five, and Luke Wattenberger or Wattenberg fi- finishing up round five out of Washington, the center. Then um, Matt Henningsen, who's a player that I did not know much about, but a couple of Wisconsin guys here in sixth and seventh round. Defensive tackle Matt Henningsen and Fayon Hicks, cornerback from Wisconsin. So a couple of corners, a couple of edge guys, and uh, some sleeper players here later on day three. Yeah, and start with Benito. Uh, like you said, a little bit undersized, a little bit light in the pants. Speed guy, excellent bender. You know, like he does that hoop drill really well. And it works out well because they have Chubb and Gregory. He can kind of mix in here and there. Doesn't have to play a ton of snaps. I like that. Uh, Dolchich is the obvious replacement for Noah Fant, who is part of of the Wilson trade. I didn't expect them to go tight end with one of their first couple picks, but I do think that implies that we'll probably see a fair amount of 12 personnel. Uh, We talked about Mathis. And then my other favorite pick was Uzurike from Iowa State. He's a guy that I kind of got in tune with late in the process. Long arm, 6'5", 6'6", big, powerful hands, can move well. He'll play high at times, but had a really good year at Iowa State. I, I like that pick an awful lot. But I got to say, the the final ones, I, I don't think they finished this with a bang. I mean, you know, from the, the 150, 152nd pick to the 232nd pick, they had, what, five guys they drafted and – Maybe it's some of my ignorance, just not knowing enough about them, but I wasn't real impressed with the second half of their draft haul. They went very nickel heavy, it looked like, sort of a slot wide receiver in Montreal, Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, both the, the Oklahoma safety and the Wisconsin corner are both sort of nickelish, you know, 5'10, 190 guys. Uh, one's listed as corner, one's listed as safety, but I'm sure both of them are going to have to find their way on special teams first and then maybe try to play a nickel yeah. role in that defense. So clearly that's something they were looking for there on day three. It's interesting because Nick Benito and uh, Wazarike are both listed as defensive ends, but one's more of a stand-up outside linebacker, and the other one is, you know, 300-pounder, 6'6", six, six, is more yeah, of a five-technique or a defensive tackle, so neither one is really a true defensive end. No, right, 100%. I mean, if it's a, if it's a strict old-school 3-4, Benito is an outside linebacker, which I always hated that misnomer because he's not backing any line, but anyway, <laughs> and, and Ozarike would be more of the Cam Hayward type, you know, I mean, he would be the 3-4 end, you know, so they're not at all the same. I will say Wattenberg has a chance to be one of those mid-round centers at stick. The way I understood it with the 3-4 and why they called the positions the way they did is because of recruiting at college. It started there, and players wanted to be linebackers and ends rather than, you know, defensive tackles and nose tackles and, and those things. So they just, mm-hmm. they, you know, it's the same terminology. Instead of having a nose, two defensive tackles, and two defensive ends, it's, uh, you know, it's a nose, two defensive ends, two outside linebackers and for some reason with recruiting it it made it easier somehow so that's what why they started labeling that's the story i heard i don't know if that's true i can believe it but i've been saying for years i mean with the steelers being such a three four team that it always made me crazy because those five techniques are not ends they're not the end of anything and the outside linebackers aren't backing the line at all (laughs) right they're they're not backing anybody (laughs) and and so i got to give credit to the nfl draft world because that's really what started to change all this because you can't have a guy who's an outside linebacker and a guy who who is a defensive end and put them in two different position groups and rank them separately when they play the same position so we've got the edge thing going on now so it's just like look i don't care if you stand up or you put your hand in the dirt you're an edge you're an interior guy that's how we're going to start ranking them so i like that much better and we've got to give credit to the the nfl draft folks for really pushing that 
that because it made things so different, difficult back in the day to talk about uh, outside linebackers versus defensive ends when you're really talking about the same position. I love that you said that, and I 100% agree, and it was long overdue. Edges are edges. You know, they're, they're, the out, they're really the ends. My one problem, though, is I don't like the term, oh, he's an edge pass rusher. Because they do more than that. I mean, they play the run too. You know, I mean, like, well, some do, and but someone like Nick Benito maybe right. is an edge pass rusher. Right, yeah, right, he kind of right, just right. flies full speed, doesn't have a lot of counter moves, doesn't have a lot of speed to power. But uh, you know, you line him up wide and, and you let him go get the quarterback on third downs, and we'll see if if Nick Benito just doesn't really have the body type to add a lot of, of size there, which is why he probably mm-hmm. slid a little bit, even though some folks liked him, you know, 20, 30 picks higher. Overall, I mean, you've you've got a grade. So you know, next year when when you don't have picks and you can't really grade, I guess you still could grade. I don't know. I just feel like you have to skew it towards Russell Wilson being part of this draft class. And I I probably won't look at it next year that way, even though the the same picks went that way, but this year they got the guy and that's why they didn't have a first round pick. So uh, that helps this class a little bit. Otherwise, you know, I don't kind of, it's okay. Don't love the class, even though they drafted a lot of players, maybe got some special teamers out of it late and, and we'll see how these turn out. But really the only player who I look at that could be even somewhat of a starter early in his career is probably the third round tight end in Greg Dulcich. So for that reason that, you know, it's, it's more of like a, a B class when you factor in the the quarterback that they got as well. Otherwise it'd, it'd probably be more of a C. Yeah. I, I mentioned my skirt getting blown up earlier. I mean, they're, this group of players that they selected doesn't blow my skirt up. Well, we'll check back in three years and see what your your skirt is looking like on this uh, <laughs> on this Denver Broncos draft class. And I think that's probably something we should do later on this summer, Matt. Is is go back and and do the you know the three year rule. Go back three years and look at some draft classes when you can really grade those in hindsight and look at how good those draft classes are. So yeah, yeah, that's I'm, a project. I'm down with that. That is a project for June. For sure, maybe check in on on 2019. I've seen a lot of those players start to cash in already in the NFL. All right, more AFC West draft classes. The Las Vegas Raiders, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Los Angeles Chargers coming up. But I want to let the folks out there know about Built Bar. Imagine dipping your finger into a plastic tub of cake frosting. That's what we're talking about. That's the flavor of the new birthday cake puff bar from built. It's only 150 calories with 16 grams of protein. So you can have that birthday cake flavor without having all the birthday cake calories. Uh, you've never had anything like this before. They're available right now, and we can't promise that they will be there tomorrow. So go get them today at built.com. If you don't know what built puffs are, by the way, they are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. And tons of classic flavors at Built as well, not just the puffs. Most of them covered in 100% real chocolate. That's the key because you feel like you're actually getting a treat even though you're reaching for something healthy. And you're oh, you're never going to keep reaching for that that healthy snack if it's not good. And Built Bars are the best of both worlds. So uh, get to Built.com right now. And with our promo code, you can get 15% off of these protein bars that taste like a candy bar. And by the way, they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of other health benefits. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you're checking out Locked On NFL as your second listen. Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, Tony Wiggins, Alex Clancy, and the whole group 
talking about all 32 squads in the NFL. And you do want to subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube channel because that is the home of Peacock and Williamson as well. And there is no offseason for real fans. There's no offseason here on the Locked On NFL Network. Okay. How about those? Where are we at? Uh, Kansas City Chiefs? KC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go Kansas City. And I got a KC note here before we start. Again, I, mean, I pull up draft history. I like to look at these in kind of a draft ditty perspective on this. And I find it interesting because this year they made 10 picks, including two first-rounders. The last five years, they've only made six picks in each of those drafts. And their first pick in each of those drafts was 58th overall, 32nd overall, 56th overall, 46th overall. And then Pat Mahomes at 10, which is costing them, you know, they to trade up for. So this team, despite being one of the most successful teams in the league recently, was getting a little top heavy and needed an influx of young, cheap talent. And I think that was part of the Tyreek, you know, Hill trade. Yeah, absolutely. Getting They were getting yeah. a little old and they were looking at their future and thinking, OK, we've got a, a, a superstar quarterback that's now getting very expensive. We're going to have to start getting younger and cheaper around him. And I think they accomplished that goal this offseason. We'll see what the, reser- the results are on the field immediately losing a star player like Tyreek Hill, which is a, a difference-making player. And that's that's hard to replace no matter how many draft picks you throw at it. And look, 10 draft picks, two of them in the first round, two of them in the second round for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I don't know if Matt Williamson skirts even on anymore at this point, but uh, luckily the camera is not paying that far down. So um, <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs, and I thought they'd be moving around, but I thought they might be moving around for a wide receiver. It turns out they went up for Washington corner Trent McDuffie at pick 21. They finished up round one with George Karloftis, the Purdue defensive end, at pick 30. Then came back in round two and got Sky Moore all the way down at the 22nd pick in round two after some a bunch of other wide receivers went off the board, which I thought was just the pick of this draft for them. Fantastic value, a great fit. And then we'll finish up talking about round two and three here, day two. Brian Cook, the Cincinnati safety at the end of round two, and then come back in round three and got Leo Chanel, who I know is a player you liked, Matt, the the big fast linebacker from Wisconsin who doesn't really look like a modern day linebacker, but he's pretty darn athletic. So he might actually be a modern day linebacker more than you'd think for a guy who's 250, 260 pounds. Yeah. And I I think it's noteworthy first off that they made six picks in the top four rounds, only one of them on offense. So their defense was a lot worse than people realized, and the offense made up for it quite a bit last year. Sky Moore is not a direct replacement for Tyreek Hill. I mean, clearly. I mean, that that's asking a lot out of any rookie, of course. But I think he's a steal at 54 overall. Really good after the catch. Explosive, productive, tough. Pittsburgh kid, kind of like that. Um, and Chennault... I don't know if linebacker was in their plans because they drafted Nick Bolton with their first pick last year. I think it's a budding star, to be honest with you. And the year before, William Gay, Willie Gay was a second-round pick, too, who's also very promising. You don't really need three linebackers in today's NFL, but I think Chanel is just too good to pass up. 
I, I just, I mean, this is an A class for me. Not only the number, I love of, it. Yeah. number of picks, but I feel like they got value at almost every selection. The only one I'm looking at here where I, I didn't love the value was maybe Brian Cook, but I know a lot of people were really high on him. I wasn't mm-hmm. as high when I watched him, but late round two, still right around the spot I thought he would go. But, you know, Chanel, I thought that was fantastic value. Sky Moore was the, my favorite pick they made. And Trent McDuffie and, and Carl Loftus, they let the draft fall to them in round one. Then they went up and got a guy. They wanted to get that uh, that cornerback in McDuffie. So I thought it was great value all the way throughout. And then on day three, Joshua Williams is one of my favorite small school guys. Fayetteville State, 6'3", 195. Looks like Richard Sherman out there with long, big arms, but he plays really smart. He's got athleticism as well. He's going to have a huge step up in in competition, obviously, going from Fayetteville State uh, to uh, to the AFC West. But, man, I like the Joshua Williams pick. Darian Kennard could have gone a lot earlier, the uh, offensive lineman out of Kentucky. Jalen Watson, Washington State corner. Uh, Isaiah. Three, three seventh rounders. Yeah, like three that. seventh rounders right, here. Right, right, Watson, right. Isaiah Pacheco, Rutgers running back, and then um, Nazee Johnson, a Marshall safety. And, and I don't really know what to think about any of those guys late, but those are, you know, three seventh round picks if one of them sticks and, you know, special teams value, you know, seventh round running backs hit all the time. So, you know, Pacheco, the Rutgers running back, 5'10, 216. He's built like a rock. So, um, but man, rounds one through five, I, I, they just got so much value, I think, with all those picks. Yeah, I can see Pacheco making this team. Um, their pass rush was a real problem last year, and I think Karloftis addresses that immediately as a plug-and-play guy. Maybe even can bump inside. Um, you mentioned, you know, Joshua Williams. It was one of my favorite picks as well. McDuffie's a plug-and-play starter at corner, about as safe a pick as you can make. They drafted five defensive backs. I mean, their pass defense was obviously a priority here, and – just a hunch. I mean, maybe this is uh, just kind of remembering last year with the Trey Smith pick. I, I think Darian Kennard might be a, a sleeper to start at right tackle or contribute quick. Do you think Leo Chanel could even be uh, – I, I don't want to put – you know, because <laughs> Michael Parsons has such an amazing year, but a bigger right, off-ball right. linebacker, but he's, he's he can give you some pass rush as well as have some range as a run defender. Do you think maybe he's used in that sort of a role as well to, to kick start that pass rush a little bit as a blitzer? Maybe. Um, I think that's the right word, though. I think he's a blitzer where Micah Parsons is a pass rusher. You know, Chanel's really good coming downhill. I think he'll be great attacking A and B gaps, or if they can get him matched up on a running back as a pass rusher, that's he's going to kill that. But I mean, by but Parsons has pass rush moves. I mean, he has bend off the. I mean, that's what makes him so special. Is I think Parsons is actually one of the best pass rushers in the league. Where I think Chanel can become a very good blitzer. Well done. Uh, nice job retooling by the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. I think they got a lot of players that are going to contribute and potentially, you know, four or five starters out of that draft. So it's it's an A draft for me for the Kansas City Chiefs. And and maybe in year one, they, they take a tiny step back, losing someone like Tyree Kill. But I think they might regain that step, you know, looking at 2023 with this draft class. And maybe it's immediate. I, I think it's pretty clear wide receiver is going to be a committee. You know, I yes, mean, it's going to yes. be... You know, uh, Hardman, Moore, Valdez, Scantling, Juju, you know, it's not going to be, I'm not saying they're easier to play against, but there were two massive threats and I think they needed to spread things around a little, you know. I want to go to the Las Vegas Raiders next, just because uh, of time wise, uh, we're going to spend some time in the final segment with the Chargers, but 
the, the Raiders had a smaller draft class, but I want to talk about a move they made first that we didn't get a chance to talk about because we are deep into these draft grades with other, uh, with other divisions, and that is the trade of Brian Edwards. 2020 third-round pick wide receiver Brian Edwards out of South Carolina traded to the Atlanta Falcons, and they swapped fifth and seventh-round picks. So it was, it was Edwards and a seventh going to Atlanta for a fifth-round pick. I love this for Atlanta. I don't know why we Brian did. Edwards didn't quite work out for the Raiders, but talking about going into the future with draft grades. I don't think I would have given the Raiders a really good draft grade in 2022. I don't remember what my grade was here on on our podcast, but when we go back and do the 2020 Raiders, they don't have any of their first five picks. And they picked a lot. They had two first rounders, Ruggs and Damon Arnett, both released. Two third round wide receivers, Lynn Bowden Jr., who you know kind of running back conversion. They traded immediately in the first training camp. Yeah, he lasted like a week. You never see. So that was just awful. Brian Edwards, the best player of those, left for them. Now traded this offseason. Tanner Muse, the other third rounders, they had two firsts and three thirds. None of them on the team. Two years later, Tanner Muse was just flat out released, and and that was just a bad pick. So. Um, and, and, you know, and, and Mayock and Gruden didn't do a good job drafting. Their other classes don't look great either, but this one was numerous firsts, numerous thirds, all those players gone, the last one hanging on that I thought might even be able to contribute this year, and they still don't have much at, at, with a number two wide receiver when you consider, um, you know, it, you know they, they got Devontae Adams, obviously, but Hunter Renfro is right. more of the slot guy, so who's the number the other outside number two wide receiver? They, they don't really have much, and yeah. and they and they gave up. Brian Edwards for nothing. So that draft class, I mean, I just had to mention that. And hopefully this 2022 class is a lot better, even though they, they didn't pick for the first time until late in the third round. I'm glad you did mention, and it's a great risk for the Falcons because I thought Edwards has ability. Um, to be fair, I'm not sure we can kill Gruden and Mayock for rugs not working out. But to be well, fair, there was we a, wouldn't have taken him at twelve either. Ahead of yeah, CD there was Lamb, the, it, you know, it should right. have been CD Lamb in, in the first place. So I think that's the first reason, and then and then on top of it, yeah, you could not have foreseen what happened with with Henry Ruggs. So that's mm-hmm. maybe a little unfair to put that on. But yeah. I was also going to throw in too. You know, you mentioned all those picks on day one and two that aren't with the team. Well, the year before they had three first round picks. Farrell Jacobs Abram didn't pick up any of their fifth year options. You know, so brutal. Unbelievably bad. What about Dylan yeah, Parham? I like this pick for I the like Raiders. This pick a lot. Their yeah. first selection is a starting guy. He could play. He played tackle. He played guard. He could be a, an NFL center too. So a lot of versatility, a lot of athleticism. Not the biggest guy, but big enough at six three, three hundred and eleven pounds. Dylan Parham out of Memphis. I like him, and I kind of like him as a center in the NFL. Even though that's not really what he played in college, but he had some good reps as a, as a tackle, pretty athletic pass protector. So um, yeah, a lot of potential there and a, and a pretty solid pick to be able to find yourself a starting caliber, versatile player like Parham late round three. Yeah. I thought he was going to go much earlier. Cause I think he is very safe. I think he'll start barring injury. I always hate, you know, he's going to start for a long time. Well, I think he profiles to do that somewhere on the interior. Maybe he bounces between guard and center throughout his career. And this is no knock on Parham, nor is it his fault. But it worries me that last year's first-round pick, which also might be a bust, Alex Leatherwood, is he going to be the right tackle now? You know, like, I don't know if that's great. It sounds like Leatherwood's probably going to be a guard. That's the vibe I get, but it's hard to really know. I mean, how how far that offensive line has fallen. Let's look at that that depth chart really quick because Andre James, who was an undrafted free agent a couple years ago, right now would Mm -hmm. be the center 
and so that's why I think you know Parham probably you know gets in there at center. You know, center kind of takes a while to develop. If he didn't play center in college, so I don't know if it's day one that Dylan Parham starts, but I think eventually he probably takes over that center. job. You got yeah. uh, you got Brandon Parker, Alex Leatherwood, Denzel Good. Um, and, you know, Colton Miller is like the only guy you can hang your hat on now on that offensive line at left tackle. I say, I'm not sure who the other right tackle possibilities are. That's why I mentioned th- that the, they viewing Leatherwood as that guy, and I think he's a guard. I'm looking that. at some of these names, and, and I follow the NFL about as closely as you can, and I think some of these are computer-generated names and aren't even real guys. They're Alex Bars. I don't remember <laughs> Alex Bars or Lester <laughs> Cotton. Jordan Meredith. Um, Jackson Barton. I mean, who are these guys? Yeah, they're not household names, that's for sure. So there's going to be some competition on the offensive line, and that's what really is going to hold this team back for me. It worries so me. I'm glad they addressed it with their first pick, but they weren't picking until the third round, so it was really hard for the Raiders to do much in the draft um, to help them out uh, in the near term for sure. So Zamir White in the fourth round, a couple of fourth rounders, Zamir White, the Georgia running back, and Neil Farrell Jr., LSU defensive tackle. They come back in the fifth round with another defensive tackle out of Tennessee, Matthew Butler. Uh, Thayer Munford, offensive tackle from Ohio State in round seven, and Britton Brown, UCLA running back in round seven. So a couple of running backs, a couple defensive tackles, and a couple of versatile offensive linemen in this class between rounds three and seven for the Raiders. I mean, you got to give it maybe a C minus just because they had such few picks there and not much to show for it. Well, yeah, Devon- I guess Devontae Adams counts as the class. So let's go C plus. Yeah, he does. Of course. Um, Zamir white is a player I like a lot. And I think is a good value there, especially with the run on running backs when they happened. And the key here is Drake's contracts up after the year. I mentioned that they didn't pick up Jacob's fifth-year options, so he's set to be a free agent, although he's only like 24 years old. Jacob's, to me, still could be a valuable guy. But this, you know, Josh McDaniels comes over from the Patriots, which probably means crowded running back rooms. I mean, I think that's just you – know, they drafted two. I mean, that kind of tells me that mm-hmm. they're going to just go committee, which is terrible for fantasy. But what I really liked about this draft is these back-to-back defensive tackles, and they're both guys I did a lot of homework on. Farrell's a nose, terrible body, but he's a good football player that really stepped up last year at LSU when things were kind of crumbling in that organization. He really, you know, and he's not just a hog in the middle. He gets off the ball. He moves well, although he's a sloppy type of body. And Butler... Man, he is really energetic, more of a three-technique, five-technique type, um, longer arms, better body, obviously. So they're very different, but I think they'll get a lot out of those two. Neither is a full-time player. Yeah, they're both 6'4", but Farrell's about 30 or 40 pounds heavier than Butler. So, yeah, and looking at if they try to play a really multiple front there, you got a nose in Farrell and a five-tech in in Matthew Butler. Mm -hmm. Good in rotation, situational, different situations for both. All right, let's move it along to the Los Angeles Chargers next, who drafted early, who did a lot in free agency. How does this team look? Did they make the biggest strides in the AFC West? But I'll let the folks out there know about Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. And you can bet on which division will win Super Bowl 57 in February of 2023. And the, the, 
The division with the best odds to have a team that wins the Super Bowl is the AFC West. The, the division we're talking about today, they got a lot better this offseason. You can find tons of NFL futures, the latest odds and news and sports developments, including the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, um, live betting, esports, and a ton more at Bet Online, your continued source for all sports wagering and information. So, Get over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. The Los Angeles Chargers, Matt, they have been extremely active this offseason and started off their NFL draft hall in 2022 with a guard, Zion Johnson, at pick 17. Felt a little early there, but uh, he's a player that seemed as safe as any in the first round to just be a really good guard for a really long time in the NFL. And that's what they went with at 17 over maybe more of a project tackle over some of the other wide receivers, some of the other positions they were rumored to be looking at there in round one. No second round pick. So in round three, they drafted a speedy center fielder, a safety out of Baylor, JT Woods that runs in the 4-3 range. Isaiah Spiller, nice value here in round four. This is why you draft running backs on day three because you can get a player as good as Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A&M in round four. Um, Otito Ogbenaya, a UCLA defensive tackle in round five, 6-4-3-24. We saw a lot of big-bodied defensive tackles going on day three of this draft. Uh, Jamari Salyer, Georgia guard. I like this value in round six. I think he's a player. Um, uh, to be able to get this late in the draft. Jasir Taylor, Wake Forest cornerback in round six. Dean Leonard, Ole Miss corner in round seven. And Xander Horvath, Purdue fullback. We had a fullback drafted, Matt. Xander How about that? Yeah. Horvath, 6'3", 230, probably some versatility as an H-back as well, but has some athleticism. Nice little player in the seventh round, probably some special teams value as well. Out of Purdue... Xander Horvath. So that is the draft hall for the Los Angeles Chargers. How did we feel about this one? Yeah, I'm going to get to the Chargers in a minute, but I'm going to take a second to uh, kind of pump my brand here, if you if you would. I'm sorry, I should have done this earlier in the show. But I have a new deal with DK Pittsburgh Sports here in Pittsburgh. Obviously, they cover Pirates, Sears, Pitt, Pens, all that. And I'll be writing an article for them once a week. The first one just hit today which is free, and it's my analysis of Kenny Pickett, how he fits, what that's going to change with the Steelers. That one's free. It's a pay site. So go check that out, please. I know we have a lot of Pittsburgh listeners, so I just wanted to pat myself on the back, pump my brand there for a minute. Um, after that, it starts to cost you money. So I'm kind of like crack where the crack dealership gives you the – crack dealer gives you the first hit for okay. free. And you're <laughs> just going to love it so much you're going to have to sign up. But that's up to you. Okay. So let's talk Chargers. Zion Johnson, to me, I think is a wonderful pick. I, I, unlike the Raiders, because I think their O-line's a strength, I'm not exactly sure how their five left to right is going to work out. And they, they passed on Penning for Johnson, who I think is much safer. And I think he is a star in, at guard. And I think he could play tackle, he could play center, but I hope they just put him at guard and live with it. And I think he'll be one of the better guards in the league before you know it. Two notes on that and this goes back to my Steeler experience too, is I think Matt Feidler will be a very capable right tackle. They played him at guard. They paid him a good amount of money if they decide to do that, or maybe they're still even searching for a right tackle. So I'm not exactly sure how their front five will, will pan out, but adding Johnson is clearly one of the best five, and he's going to factor in in a big way. And I think what's important too is – 
if you are Brandon Staley and you're going to go for it all the time on fourth down, I want a great guard. You know, on fourth and one, I want to give it to Isaiah Spiller now behind Zion Johnson and pick up that yard. Yeah, I guess there is some potential for Zion Johnson to play even right tackle, but that's a good point. You go, it, yeah. you have a big six six quarterback. First of all, you want to protect him, so that's always key for a team with a good young quarterback. Um, you know, build build a solid uh, foundation for success for your quarterback. But yeah, if you're going to go for it on fourth down, a six six quarterback with some athleticism and a really good interior offensive line, fall forward and get that stinking yard on fourth down. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, I like the Woods pick as well. Uh, athletic. Misses a lot of tackles. You know, he's a little bit leaner. But they have Adderley and they have Derwin James, who's probably my favorite safety in the league. So I don't know if Woods is going to play a ton, but, he, you know, he's a big nickel guy. You mentioned Spiller. I mean, he didn't run well. He didn't test well. But a year ago, he was in the conversation for best running back in this class, bigger body. I think they finally find the compliment to Ekelar in, in Spiller. A lot of people are really high on Ogbenadia. I, I did his name. I'm sorry. Um, but their, their run defense, their defensive tackle room was really poor a year ago. So they're kind of going with a lot of options there. And and you mentioned the, the Salyer pick. He's a tackle or guard at Georgia. Put him in the mix. I mean, it, 195th overall, you know, a lot of uh, time played at a big college. I think his only sack he allowed last year was to Will Anderson, the superstar stud out of Alabama. So you know, at tackle. So maybe he is your right tackle, but I like that's a great pick. And uh, Ogbenaya's older brother, I thought I'd had that name down and I still, I still didn't get it. But Ogbenaya, I think is, is how you're supposed to pronounce that one. I'll believe, I'll believe yeah. that. Um, JT Woods is interesting. A little high just because, yeah, he's not much bit. of a, a finisher as a tackler, but he, he is super fast and has range. So, you know, I think the, I think it's just like, look, they they know they have to face so many passing attacks. They want a guy who can play that true middle of the field and have range to get to the sideline. And so I think that was pretty much the, the criteria of drafting JT Woods in the third round. But, you know, it's not a wow class, but I think there are, you know, I think Sawyer, I think Spiller on day three even can be some, some players. And look, you might even have, you know, if you're going to utilize a fullback, Seventh round's a place to grab one. That might be a guy who's quote unquote a starter at some point. You know, if he's yeah, he probably makes a team. Yeah, you know, right. So right. Um, I think they did find some value on day three. I, I don't think it was huge value on day one and two, but they did get a solid starter in Zion Johnson. So it's sort of a you know a C draft for me. Um, mm-hmm. But they did get some contributors, I think, in this class. And really, when you look at their entire offseason as a whole, they are a team that somewhat quote unquote won the offseason. They're going to be a lot better. But this division is just going to be super fun to watch. I think they're a little like the Bills who we previewed, you know, earlier in the week or last week or whatever, that they didn't have a ton of needs, you know. So I'm very fine. I'm I'm very cool with Zion Johnson as a leadoff double that's going to be a plug and play guard. Good, you know, and the other stuff is just some little, you know, uh, cherries on top here and there. It's funny because um, they coming into the offseason, and they did get themselves a nose tackle, but I thought in the first round, you know, even some like Travis Jones, if they would if they would get him, mm-hmm. and, and Travis Jones fell a little bit, I thought, oh, man, they, you know, they got to fix that run defense. But they did address it a little bit, but, man, everything is just passing game with this. Oh, yeah. It's, it's right. um, analytically know, I, driven. Yeah, you know, right, right. They, they drafted a, a 4-3 free safety, right? That's not a box defender. 
the, they they drafted Isaiah Spiller, who's a, a pass catching, a really good pass catcher it as a running well back, even you know. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and even a lot of the moves they did in the off season, you know, it was like, oh, they got to fix that run defense. What do they do? They get the best pass rusher they can in Cleo Mack. So it's all about <laughs> right, the passing right. and game. And a corner, yeah, and a corner. So it's all JC about the Jackson, passing right. game offensively and defensively for Joe Staley and the Los Angeles Chargers. But they did address, yep. you know, they they did get some bodies in there to help that run defense. But I think philosophically is where things are going to change a little bit more on that defense. I mean, not philosophically, maybe just scheme-wise, run fits is probably what they're working on more so than just like we want a bunch of 320-pounders in there. Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. And they, they did bring some guys in at defensive tackle, but they didn't go big there. They didn't go, you know, hit one out of the park or sign Akeem Hicks or, you know, trade up for Jordan Davis or somebody something like that. Um, but I do think their run defense will be a little better. Their whole key is just don't get gashed when you're – a man short in the box because they want to play a lot of too high, eliminate the big plays, that type of thing. You're the teacher here giving out grades, but this hall to me just screams a solid B. I'll go B minus. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The woods is a little early. Yeah. A little early for woods and they did draft a guard, you know, so not a position, uh, you know, huge positional value in round one, even though I think he's going to be a really nice player there, but um, you know, not, contributors but not a lot of stars not a lot of star potential because even if you're an, an amazing guard you're probably not going to get a lot of credit for it <laughs> but um, good point, good but point. it's still very valuable. and they're not that hard to find yeah not as hard to find right so anyway a uh, solid class there and really when you for for the for the chargers even though maybe you don't get you know you're not jumping for joy about their draft class they did draft players that can contribute and they did a lot this offseason so you have to be happy if you're a chargers fan with with di- the direction things are going Oh, yeah. Arrow is firmly pointing up. Absolutely. And as Justin Herbert goes, is where those Chargers will go. Can they win the division? Can they make the playoffs this year? It's hard to believe they weren't even a playoff team last year. It is a little hard to believe. And uh, frankly, I mean, if we were, if every, if you threw everyone in a pool and nobody was had a contract or was with a team and we're picking up guys to start teams around, maybe three guys I'd take over Herbert. You know, I mean, Mahomes, Allen, eh, maybe Herbert's next. That is the AFC West draft grades, and we are closing the book on the 2022 draft grades. Now you can go back and hear all of our thoughts on all the teams from all the divisions in the NFL. Tell us what we got right, what you didn't like about our draft grades at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL on Twitter. We're going to come back, talk Cleveland Browns, what's going on there with their quarterback room. Tons happening with the the Browns. So Jeff Lloyd, the host of Locked On Browns, will join us on Thursday. Then Friday, Matt Williamson's Rookie Dynasty Rankings. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Make sure you go check out Williamson's War Room at DK Pittsburgh Sports. I'm going to read this free (laughs) article right now about Pickett's sweet spot to succeed with those Pittsburgh Steelers. Matt and I back tomorrow right here, Peacock and Williamson.